Hi. Welcome. Good to geek out. Good place to go to geek out. We're here to cover <sighs> the end of the boys, season one. Finally trying to get to season two and a lot of other things. Um, here with uh, what? For my boys. On the on the on the the, the afterglow of the Dodgers winning the championship uh, at the tour of San Antonio. Damn right. Damn right. Boba Fresh, San Francisco, representing LA. Uh, Big G, AK Nino Brizown, West Hills, Cali. Glenn coming from Washington. Yeah. Jay coming here from Los Angeles, California. But go Dodgers, though. I love it. I love it. I'm I love to say yeah. that you know now that's two championships already, right? Like that's the that's the that's the Lakers championship and that's the Dodgers championship. The pressure's on the Rams and the Clippers, right? I mean, the Clippers are gonna fail fantastically, but at least the Rams oh, might have a it. shot. So, the boys, uh, episode seven, second to the last, uh, we get a little background on the butcher, don't we? More than we did before, we get that nice visual of him and his wife and everything that's gone wrong um we uh, i think the 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 theme of these episodes would be repercussions um it's a lot of things you see that have happened in previous episodes stuff like the butcher's wife that we're not even aware of till this moment where we're feeling all the repercussions of all of these actions that have happened before in these last two episodes definitely uh are just vibrations of that um anything you got repercussions and revelations yeah leading to revelations sometimes uh any any one of those revelations or repercussions you guys would like to identify immediately off the bat i'm loving english minor cinema major ed this is (laughs) this is some of my favorite shit right here thank you i'm gonna hop right to the uh Nino Brown and discussion of the Carter type inquisition by Homelander, where the only thing was missing was everybody in all black and his pit bull. <laughs> as he walks as he walks around the table, right? <laughs> Who did it? Don't nobody know nothing? <laughs> he's got all of the, but he's got all of the info, right? And uh, a, a few a few of our discussions ago, I was talking about Queen Mav and or Maeve and. Uh, you know, I'll say that I didn't I didn't have much to say about her then, but this scene, right? She actually steps up and for one of the first first people to actually be able to talk Homelander Homelander off the ledge. That was that was pretty that was a pretty dope. There's a giant cat. Anyway, so the the so that was that that was that was pretty dope. That's my favorite up to this point, that's my favorite Queen Maeve moment. Is that she actually was able to talk Homelander off the edge? That fool had the eyes glowing and everything, and we know typically when the eyes start glowing, somebody's getting cut, <laughs> right? She talked him off the ledge. Um, dude, he, dude. Revealed a, he revealed a whole lot about Starlight. Um, dude, you talk about them eyes glowing. That beginning of episode seven, when he goes in to take out the quote unquote terrorists. And yeah. he does the most terroristic acts I've ever seen. Even even the last one when that guy's running and the 
the army guys are right there watching him do it, they wince at like how yeah. brutal he's being, and they don't even know what he did inside. You know, what it's I mean? like we said before, he does with his eye lasers. With sometimes I yeah. used to yell, "Superman!" I wanted Superman to do like he does it without with with no inhibition, with no inhibition. Yeah. He just right to it. That's that's his first instinct. You know, I get upset, I start glowing. You better believe. I think this is also the first time that you really see the Homelander name and kind of the pun and the undercurrent of what that's supposed to mean happen. Like Homeland Security, like that's supposed Mm -hmm. to be our borders. Like Homelander is obviously a pun reflection of what was going on at the times when the comic was originally written. So the fact that Homelander is out in foreign soil protecting American interests, protecting the American ideas, uh, literally wrapped in the flag. And, um, and those who are professionals are horrified at what happens. Those who know the, the rules of engagement and, and have to abide by all of these things. And so you really see like the way that he's, he was weaponized and the way that the rules matter <laughs> like on, on some yeah. crazy level. Like war is insane. Obviously I don't want to go to war, the civil war. I don't want like to be in the civil war the, that's coming. I'm just like, he's, uh, he's like, he's uh, see the whole test to, you know, you, you actually get to get to get a deeper meaning on, on how he is. I mean, you know, the dude who's isolated, you know, I mean, you can see why he has all these thoughts because, it's more in a way that he was raised. You know, I mean, you're getting raised in a lab, and then you start thinking to yourself, like, man, I can do all this. It, it's yeah. it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like self-explanatory in there because you know, I mean, you're left alone, isolate. He wasn't taught morals. I think he was just he was just taught what I can do. No, nah. homeboy told him, you know, yeah. you needed to be in a household with loving yeah, parents. Rather than you know, raise in the lab, and then his response is, "Yeah, he wouldn't talk he's like, I turned, I turned out okay, didn't I?" <laughs> and the thing is, that's yeah. really dope. <laughs> the thing that's dope about that is, in the contrast to the loving Ma Pa Kent taking in an orphan, you have an orphan child who's being kept at bay, and um, the one person that he loves. Like, he doesn't even recognize that that's not a love at all, that he's like, literally, like, you're like a gerbil to me. Like, you're, you're, you're one of my white mice. You just happen to be the strongest of the breed. And um, it's really awesome because it motivates Homelander in a way that you can get behind and understand. I don't know. I'm not saying sympathize with. But I'm saying you're understanding why he is so des- so disconnected, but so need for so demand so demanding of being in power, and in such need of adoration and love. Uh, almost a modern Magneto, or a current day Trump. <laughs> no, Glenn, what did you think? Well, yeah, no, like you know, I think I think that you know he's been used. Like you know, as 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 uh, it's kind of like a like in comparison, you know, not want to get too political here, but to today's political climate, right? Like this dude above above the rules, or he sees himself above the rules, and just causing chaos, right? Or just doing pretty much whatever they fucking want, 
and professionals are wincing, right? Like the like the Navy SEALs, they're wincing. They're like, hey, dude, like, hey, we got rules here. We got checks and balances. And here comes this dude, you know, in this case, Homelander, to show like, hey, for people like me, the rules mean shit. Like, they don't mean anything, right? Like, rules are nothing, you know? And, and, and it's just kind of interesting to see, like, the comparisons to, to you know, to Trump, right? Like, it's no, just yeah, like no, the you same make good, fucking shit. Like, um, when... Trump was like, "All right, what they uh, we need we need a distraction. Let's just sh- shoot a couple missiles over there." And they're like, uh, yeah. "We just don't shoot missiles over there, sir." Yeah. Like, <laughs> like but the, but- the button's right here. The button's right but- here. The-, the button's right there. And, but but you know, then they retaliated, and and soldiers got uh, brain injuries, and so I mean, obviously that's code for something bigger. Um, so yes, I don't know if I I don't want to get too political, but yes, I think that the the abuse of power with someone who's got the mind of a, a child who's demanding love is very parallel to yeah our, uh, our current leadership. What you just said right there, Strutter. I mean, Homelander is a man child. Magneto is more militant and it's for his people. Like he won't mess with you as long as you don't mess with his people. Homelander is a little bit different. At least we the can say Magneto experienced that. some hardships, though. Magneto experienced yeah. specific hardships that led uh, to his... I would like to go on record as saying that was a terrible analogy, and I will delete everything related to it. Please proceed. To which what, one? Magneto? Yeah. Oh, you know, well, again, like, he's kind of like... And I feel like the soups in, in, in this show are, are a good comparison to, like, you know, the, the hyper-rich individuals we have now, right? Like, they all pretty much just do whatever they want. They all, like, Homelanders... Like, you know, he cares only about his own, right? So he's just a petulant, you know, he still has that mentality of a child, but he has these amazing fucking powers and he's just, you know, he's petulant. He's a petulant child, right? But, yeah. you know, it, it, the thing about him is that you kind of understand why he is that way. You get it. it. Logically, it makes sense. He had no upbringing. Um, it's just interesting that, like, in comparison to other villains um, in recent in recent past, like Loki and 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 Killmonger and and, and Magneto, like you kind of root for them in a sense, right? Like you're like, yo, I get it. You could kind of get behind their cause of what drives them. But in this case, you like he's so heinous, he's so off off kilter and stuff that like it's hard rooting for him. Where you're like, yo, he has a point. Humans are trash. Like it's really difficult. Even because though you of, because of like some of those, unlike some of those other characters you just named. We don't have this backstory where he's had this hardship that that sets yeah. up, you know, the character that makes you feel for him. Well, the thing is, is comparing them to, say, Spider-Man being unmasked. Everyone knows who these heroes are. Right. But Queen Maeve's the only one who's still keeping up a secret identity ah, yeah. rope. And, and, you know, this unmasking obviously is a, a, a story cue for later but it also shows like annie's on the other side still like tilt tilting away from do i need to be this good little person because she can still walk around and no one recognizes her and um and all these things uh one edit you can just throw in uh, <laughs> the other thing that i thought was interesting when you see where homelander is raised and it's just no color and everyone's in white lab coats and like there's this dull teal light kind of coming in from weapon x shit it also gives this it also gives this foundation of a reason of why he has to be draped in color like why he has to be so Mm. gaudy and so bright and and everyone has to look at me um 
because that's nobody cool. looked at him when he was a baby in that lab. Like they were exactly. just walking by. Just that. That's dope. I like that. Nah, that's a great analogy. That's crazy. The Queen May thing is like I kind of felt like she had to protect, you know, her girlfriend because I mean it's not even about protecting herself. Yeah, I felt I feel like she had to protect the other person because it. I mean, knowing who she is, she was dealing with Homelander. Obviously, her and him had a thing, and if Homelander would have saw that you know, then he would have got mad about it. And you know, I mean, you see it in, in, in the, the previous episodes where he's like, mm, you're the only one that understands me. So, of course, Queen Mavis, she catches on quick, like, and you know what? I better, you know, just go along with it because I don't want this dude to know that, you know, kind of women, you know, I want to piss him off because you piss him off in the slightest way. And you know what's also crazy is – it also then shows uh, this, uh, it's abuse. Queen, May's, Queen Maeve is worried about getting beaten by Homelander. So you have the strongest, you have the analogy for Wonder Woman, the strongest icon being scared of still being in this abusive relationship that's sexual, that's not part of the full scope of their identity. And, um, and that's kind of heavy. Um, I did also like seeing Naquib be the new Nitro, you know, yeah. basically starting off the Civil War <laughs> in, the, yeah. in this reality, you know what I mean? Like he blows up and now we have terror, we have super terrorists and it turns in any ways, anyone's favor who makes weapons or... That timing too, right? Like, you know, they had Madeline yeah. up against the wall and then that shit that happens I mean, and it's like... They, they have that he has that talk with Madeline in episode eight where he's like, Oh, it's pretty convenient, huh? That was me. Yeah. That was me. Like, a, oh, like yeah, a, yeah, like yeah. it was just like a five-year-old, you know, like couldn't yeah. even hold it. That in was, had to tell it. that was the fucking brilliant writing that like, I do not get juked too often. And I really felt like they were leading up to Madeline being like, this is what I was doing to push to get to the 42nd floor. This is what like this. And when they did that, I was like, Oh, like, look at you, TV. I'm 44 years old, and you still give me everything. Yeah, time. go on with your bad self. Go on with your bad self, shit. So I got some tricks. <laughs> uh, I'm you, man, that's how I felt when I found a gossip girl wasn't really a girl, man. Fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how you derail. You messed my whole train of thought up right there. <laughs> That was a skill right there, man. That fucking derailed there. <laughs> the the scene in episode seven. I was on the Bobby level. That was amazing. Where where tried, the boys get burned, right? Yeah. Um, that was that was an amazing scene. Um, how each one of them, you know, they're basically, you know, you can see the lights, light bulbs start flickering on. They start falling like dominoes after they realize, oh shit, if he's burned, then I'm burned, yeah. and if he's burned. That I'm burned, and then they're go all they're all going to double check and see what's and then you know the panic that sets in when they realize hey, shit we are in trouble. Um, it's crazy how Homelander finds out all of these things, and you know he, he just knows like right. They cut to a scene, and you you know he knows, and then he asks these probing questions right to let people understand that he knows their secrets without actually telling them I know your secret, right? So when he 
the whole the whole like I said the scene with Starlight, or when he's talking to uh, Madeline. All right, and he's 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 asking her he's asking her all kinds of questions about. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, you remember that? I think that what that you're that we is... had. Rebecca, Rebecca Butcher, and he's asking the question. He knows the answers, mm -hmm. and he asks these probing questions because in his, I know he feels it's more terrifying. He solicits more fear by doing it that way than coming straight out. And that's fantastic mm -hmm. acting too, because yeah. like those scenes make your skin crawl, bro. Like yeah. you feel this dread, and you're like, oh my god, like what's gonna happen? Like you know, he's that smile like he an an abusive husband, man. Like that's what he is, bro. Like it's just it's that smile he gets. Sinister fucking questions and it, like just good acting on. on Greg, <laughs> I think that you made a yeah, great yeah. point right there. Uh, no, but Greg, actually, you make a great point in the sense of when you think about it, with them all getting burnt and us just talking about Maeve and a secret identity. Their secret identities all get unmasked. Everyone is being unmasked, and part of that is just a story needs to close in the act three. But they do an excellent job when you think of like, why does Spider-Man do it to protect Aunt May? And everyone's now there Aunt May. Like, like you see why you don't show your secret identity. And that's, heroes wear masks, unmasking. Yeah, but then the reverse, <laughs> the reverse of that is Annie talking to her mom and realizing she is not, she's quite anti-Aunt May, if that's mm. the thing to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, she actually made her everything she is, and even but her mom gets unmasked. That's that's right. an unmasking yeah, that's, also. That, that's very true. Very true. Well, then you start to feel for the suits when you realize that their entire upbringing is is manufactured, right? There's nothing natural or organic about their upbringing. It's it's all manufactured. It's, it's scripted, and they all you know, they all need therapy after. <laughs> yeah. like but I, I also think that this episode, these episodes show you that the boys themselves are also manufactured and scripted in a way because Mallory so. is the one who like kind of created it, right? And then mm -hmm. brought, the brought the butcher yeah. in whatever way she did. And now the butcher is doing the same thing to other people. And even when he calls her on it, you know, she still admits it and he still does what he does. So, you know, it's like that, that pattern of, uh, I wouldn't say, I'd say brutality, I guess, that pattern of trying to deal with things through violence and not rational ways is is progressing because it keeps passing from person to person. And even the people who are smart enough to know it still become susceptible to it, which is... I hate that he never tells his people his plan. There's there's something else there, though, right? Because, like, like didn't Mesmer like read his mind or some shit, and then like he he, he had to kill him, right? Like oh my gosh! But they're yeah, showing like, the... so, so like like what the fuck does Mesmer see or know or like is there something you know there that he shouldn't have seen or is it just like a violent past? Like what are we seeing, right? Because Butcher is be beyond like his wife. Like what is he? What made him Billy the Butcher or whatever, right? Uh, season two. Um, what Greg said just uh made that click in my head also he's working on his own plan like he doesn't share it with anybody and that literally parallels with what we were just talking about with home homelander except for homelanders was a surprise for us so you yeah. have your two strongest characters still on the same parallel path and the thing that's connecting them is obviously becca um projecting forward is like the 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 thing for both of them you know I do also, Greg, I do want to bring up something that you said last episode, which is how 
fucking cool Billy the Butcher is. And Man. Homelander verifies it in this and one of these episodes, I think the last episode, when he's like, Man, your heart is beating, but it's not like through fear. Like Yeah. yeah. It is through oh, anger. That seems it's different. for me, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just like, oh it, not afraid. It's kind yeah. of everything we already knew about him is now being validated through Homelander. And yeah. Homelander even has a respect and appreciation for him through all that. You know what I mean? In some weird, strange way. Like and how does he always show up where everything is? It's like he's got some secret passages in the city that no one else knows about. Like for instance, Homeboy is talking to Starlight in the park, and that fool just shows up with a gun. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. How did you get here? You know what I'm saying? Is, and the then Batman tunnels, bro. Them homeboy's Batman taking a piss in the bathroom. He opens the door and that fool's standing there. And it's like, wait, what is going on? How is Billy the Butcher? This is this basically Batman. Batman. It's, it's, almost, it's, almost, it's almost like he has superpowers, man. Strader said in the comics that it is almost to a level where it's implied they do have powers, but they definitely don't because it's so yeah. almost mystic how they're always there at the right moment. But they don't have. Ah, I see. So it's like it's kind so it's of, already been like okay. So it's just yeah, it's, okay. right, it's writing that. I haven't read. I haven't read the comic book, so that's yeah. That's why, okay. Spoiler alert: Ed didn't get it quite right, but he's in the he's in the right neighborhood. It's good. Ed. You'll be surprised. I live a block away. <laughs> you do live a block away. <laughs> rounding the corner, rounding the corner constantly. Um. So you'll see. I think I think Captain America said it best. It goes back to that you know that line when Captain America said is like I'm just a kid from Brooklyn and that he loves well, the Dodgers. No, no, my bad. No, my bad. Yeah, that too, but no. Was, I was <laughs> that was a good one, bro. Man God said, damn, good connection. <laughs> Iron Man, what Iron Man said to Captain America, everything that you are is in a bottle. Yeah, it came from a bottle. So yeah, he's just in the bottle. I think that applies to here with the soups. When they when they find out that They've been manufactured, so it just it, it it just goes to make you think about that scene right there, where it's like, yeah, but yeah, you know you know what you know what you know what doesn't come out of a bottle is the ability to play the piano. Well, Black yeah, Noir killed it. Yeah. That shit was yeah, funny, dude. Stared him down and just got him off his own piano and just started <laughs> wrecking it. I do also think that's a funny metaphor for how little he uh is like how little he feels and he exudes but for some reason as soon as he's there i don't know if that's a metaphor about uh savants and stuff like that but it felt like it i thought um i had noticed that and i was like they just slipped in the music for this episode so smooth like because he ends up playing out the tone of the rest of the scene yeah right so as opposed to having that as like voice of god angels with trumpets coming down like he's setting up the 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 sh- the, the foreshadowing for the reveal. It definitely added a layer onto a character who has zero layers right zero. now. Yeah. Zero, zero storyline. And it's the yeah, all you know. All you know is that he's he's nigh indestructible. He kicks ass and he plays the piano. That's like he's, it. he's so like, far the only person to kick Chemical's ass. So yeah, for a character that's so bland and you don't, he has no story or hardly any story to him. That put some flavor on him. That put a that that, that put at least some flavor to him. You mean the whole bag? You mean like a uh, what's Snake Eyes having a wolf as a pet? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, can you picture Snake Eyes playing the piano? Like, would you ever expect him to, to play the piano if you saw him and you know on GI Joe and you just like you know just picture him like okay, he does ninja stuff. He's a ninja. He, 
he hits me, he hits me more as like a harpsichord player. Yeah. And, like, and what the fuck is a harpsichord? Oh no! When they snuck onto that uh, Cobra bass, Snake Eyes specifically started breakdancing. He's a dancer. He's not a musician. He is a dancer. Well, I can see that. I mean, he put just Norm Storm Shadow playing the harp. So let's just go right to the end. Um, the butcher in Madeline's house and the whole confrontation. What'd you guys see? Say something. It was just like tense, man. Tense scene, bro. Like just, it's like, I don't know if you guys have seen Uncut Gems, but it felt like how I felt throughout that whole movie. Uh, like in those those 20 minutes at that, at, in that, 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 or 10 minutes in that last scene, bro, like. What's he gonna do, man? There's a baby here. Me being a father, you know, I'm softy towards babies. I'm like, how's the baby, dude? Like, this fool gonna punt that baby through the roof. I did not <laughs> like that. It's movie. just like, but like Rob said earlier, like that respect that he showed of the butcher, you know, that that's kind of cool. Like, it cemented butcher as a badass that we all thought he was, and uh, and you know, but it, and like, like, dude, this dude's seriously unafraid, even at, at the very end, bro, when he fucking grabs her. And he reveals the truth to her that, you know, he knows that, you know, again, that probing line of questioning, how he went to that doctor and shit, and he just fucking lights her up, man. Like, that's, that's fucking nuts, dude. Just what a badass scene. That's, like, so well written, how they hide his face and only yeah, the light, I light right. up. It's just, like, man, like, just beautiful. I was like, oh, shit. Scene. Yeah, me too, dude. I was when like, he, oh, shit, TV, then... you got me twice. <laughs> And her, and her fight, the light hits her eye, like she turns red for a bit. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I give them a lot of credit because, like I said, besides the Homelander reveal, Madeline Elizabeth Shue just nailed that character. Why would you write yeah. that character off? Why would you take Snell off the mound in the six when, when, the, when they're pitching fire? And um, the show doesn't lack for it. But I will say it was... Uh, it was a oh, it was a gotcha moment like the end. It reminded me of like the end of a good Game of Thrones season where you're just like, oh shit! I'm about to like, say, oh, no, that's funny. That's yeah, exactly that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like you, you don't expect them to kill off such a well-written. Well they killed Boromir. So quickly, like, <laughs> you don't expect them to kill her off so quickly, right? Like you expect her to continue trying to keep a bottle, like you know, a bottle on the situation. And it's like, man, like that's such a shocker, right? There at the end, like, oh shit, like they offed her. All right. It was definitely a shocker. Yeah, they killed Ned Stark. <laughs> I mean, I'll say it was a plot twist. <laughs> I got my wife. My wife just came in the room with 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 a, with a big spoon and a pot and pan. Said she's gonna make all kinds of noise if I don't. All right, <laughs> all right. All right so I'll uh, close out right now. Uh, three, two, relax. Three. <laughs> uh, I ain't signing off till she hits you with the spoon. <laughs> oh, hey man, don't dare her, please don't. <laughs> uh, uh, before we close out, I would like to say I did like that this is a um, mockery of heroes and hearing uh, Madeline say, what is your endgame is an obvious mockery to yeah. endgame was pretty funny. Also, the La Bamba music at the end, I wanted to yell Richie. I don't know if you guys did. But uh, on that note, Richie. that's always a good ending for me. Uh, editor of San Antonio, can't wait for season two. Out. Big Greg, Nino Brown, West Hills, California. Boba Fresh, San Francisco. Hey. Slightly rotund yeah. Glenn in Washington. Is that better? Uh, that's punchier. Definitely punchier. <laughs> it's punchier. Nice. nice.
gonna say the best for last, huh? Yeah, Jay Night Thrasher here from Los Angeles, California. Go Dodgers.